<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is Totally 80s, the podcast dedicated to the music of the greatest decade ever. So turn up your Walkman, loosen that scrunchie and get ready to talk 80s with your host, Lindsay Parker. Hi, I'm Lindsay Parker from Yahoo Entertainment, and welcome back to Totally 80s. We love hearing from you, so why not take a second to follow us at Totally 80s on Facebook and Instagram, or email us your comments and show ideas to podcast at totally80s.com. So today is the first Totally 80s episode of the year, the calendar year 2023. It's a new year, new you. It's a time when people are setting fitness goals for the year. So I figured for this first episode of 2023, let's get physical and look back at all the fitness trends of the 1980s. And I figured there was no better man for this job to join this conversation than the man who actually set those goals and those trends back in the day. The man literally known as the first trainer to the stars. He has worked with Madonna, Priscilla Presley, Brett Midler. He even whipped Harrison Ford into shape for Indiana Jones. Jake Steinfeld, a.k.a. the man who created Body by Jake. It is an honor, Jake. Thank you so much for joining me today. Wow, what an intro, Lindsay. This is <laughs> awesome. Let's go. We're going to get a mental workout today. I have lots to ask about your own career. And I also definitely want to talk about just everything having to do with fitness in the 80s, because I think this is the decade that really started a lot of fitness trends, fashion trends, you know, athleisure. We talk about athleisure, juicy couture and the aughts when people were wearing tracksuits. It all started in the 80s. You did mention you have an album out and a lost workout album from 1984, Don't Quit, that is finally out again for all your workout needs. But before we get into your illustrious career and that album, of course, I just, like I said, I want to go back to the 80s. It's, it was where the fitness industry boom really began. VCRs were new, so people could work out at home with the VHS tape. It seemed like every celebrity, including yourself, had workout videos. Health clubs were becoming the new singles clubs. Everyone was wearing leotards and sweatpants, even if they were just, you know, going, they weren't going to the gym, they were going to the supermarket. Jogging was like this hip new fat mall walking was a thing. People were exercising at the Galleria. So you were at the forefront of this. So take take me back to this. Why do you think the fitness craze exploded in the early 80s? You were one of the architects of it. If you think of the 80s, it was that that me decade. Right. It was all about me. It was all about taking care of yourself, pumping yourself up, being the best you you could be. And um, I'm going to cut back a couple of seconds because just to give you a little background of how I ended up where I ended up. I was an overweight kid. I had a bad stutter growing up. My dad bought me a set of weights at 13, changed my life. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. You don't say. Uh, I know. Yeah. What gave it away? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. And uh, I had always had this dream to become Mr. America. Once I started working out, it not only built my body, but built my confidence and self-esteem. So I went to college upstate New York, where it snowed every day from the second you got there. Not too conducive to walk around in your gold lame posing trunks <laughs> in 18 inches of snow. And 
You know, life's about moments, Lindsay. And I remember that moment when my mom, who used to call and check in on me uh, every day, how's everything going? How's poli sci? How are your classes? And you know, when you have a dream, and you know, a lot of you listeners, we all have dreams, all have aspirations. And sometimes to explain what that dream is makes someone nervous, makes you, you know, it's like you almost have to own it. And I finally had enough courage to tell my mother, Mom, I'm going to go to California to become a bodybuilder. And I remember the moment because there was silence on the phone. And all of a sudden I heard Herbie, pick up the phone and talk to your kid. I'm putting my head in the oven. (laughs) And the bus ride from upstate New York back to my parents' house in Baldwin, Long Island, uh, felt like an eternity. And the moment was that moment. And that, that that's what the time when when I got to L.A., a little bit before the 80s was when I said the dinosaurs still roam the earth. Big bodybuilders, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno, all these yeah, guys. Yeah, that was a big 70s trend that kind of set the tone for the 80s right. as well. And I got to L.A., summer 77, wanted to be a bodybuilder, didn't take steroids, uh, was afraid to. And never really made that Mr. America moment, but being in the right place, right time, you know, I said to myself, I love working out. I love what it did for me. And here's the moment. I'm living in Studio City at this apartment complex where all these mostly not working actors and actresses. Here we are, top of 1980, working as a stuntman, bouncing in a bar at night. And uh, as every good bodybuilder does, sit in the sun. And this actress, had come over to me and she kind of looked, she said, you know, hey, I'm Sandy. What's your name? I said, I'm Jake. She goes, I wonder if you can help me. And I said, okay. She said, I'm getting ready to do a Club Med commercial and I've got six weeks to get in shape. And I'm wondering, you know, I like you, but I don't want to look like you. And what she really meant was right about then, Jane Fonda had just come on the scene with high impact aerobics. You know, mm-hmm. women, and you know this, Lindsay, and women who are listening right now, were very intimidated by using weights early on. Mm-hmm. They thought they were going to get big muscles. So this girl, Sandy, said to me, she said, you know, w- would you mind helping me out and coming up with a workout? And I said, uh, okay. She goes, how much is it going to cost? I go, I don't know. Give me gas money for my uh, 1977 <laughs> White Camaro with a Jake 77 on the license plate. I always kept a very low profile. That's awesome. The funny thing was, is that she gave me the address to her boyfriend's house in Beverly Hills. And if you weren't on the cover of Musclehead Digest, I didn't know who you were. And I drove to this house. Guy answers the door. It turns out to be Francis Ford Coppola. Oh. And <laughs> I just looked at him and I thought, wow, uh, you know, this guy could use a workout too. And I came up with this workout, Lindsay, using a broomstick, a towel, and a chair, right? Mm, Isometric stuff, push-ups, right? If I were to hand you a towel and have you pull up on the towel and have me pull down for bicep curls, psychologically, oh, it's just a a bath towel that Jake is pulling down. But it's a whole lot more resistance, resistance training that everyone's talking about today uh happened right back then in the early 80s. And I started training... Sandy, and they started going to parties and people started saying, what are you doing? You look great. What a great idea. This guy, Jake, comes to the house. He's got a broomstick, a towel, and a chair. He's pretty funny, but he eats too much. They had a great refrigerator. And (laughs) if I didn't have much dough, after the workout, I'd sit and eat chicken and whatever they had in the fridge. You got to remember, 1980, there were no cell phones. In order for someone to get a hold of you, 
they needed your phone number. And one thing that happened to me is when I came to LA, I never listed my number, Lindsay. And that became like one of the greatest things that I never did. Because one thing about Hollywood is if you're good and people want to get a hold of you and they can't, they seem to want you more. Mm -hmm. And if in this mystique of who is this guy, Jake, I want to get him. And in my one room apartment in Studio City, I'm getting phone calls from Steven Spielberg, Harrison Ford, Priscilla Presley, Bette Midler, Warren Beatty, Barbara Streisand. You worked out Barbara Streisand? The best, the greatest. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, there's one definitely celebrity client that's, you know, we've done a whole Totally 80s episode on her, and she's my number one person in life. And actually, she's announced her 40th anniversary tour, so she is still going strong. Madonna. Yes. worked out Madonna, obviously a total disciplined woman and really remade her body during, I don't know when you worked out with her, but around the true blue era, Papa Don't that's, that's, that's when we started it. And that's, and that's when we did it. Absolutely. And you are responsible for that transformation. Body by Jake is responsible. Oh my God. One of my brothers who came to work with me, worked with her and it was sensational. The thing is, I actually think Madonna looked perfectly lovely with the body she had for her first two albums. I don't think she was overweight. I don't think she looked out of shape, but when she redid herself and unveiled herself in that Papa don't preach video, it was a whole new Madonna. And it was a very big deal at the time. And obviously she stayed in very good physical shape ever since. I got to hear about what it was like to work with her. I love her so much. First of all, focused. So sweet, sweet. Okay. Zoned in. And wanting to make that monumental change of, you know, becoming who she ended up becoming mm-hmm. and that powerful person who she is today. How long did it take Madonna's transformation from how she looked at the Like a Virgin era, the MTV rolling on the floor, VMAs 1984 era, to how she looked, you know, in I guess it was probably about 86 for Papa Don't Preach. How long did it take you to transform her body? It was probably about a year. But like I said, the focus was amazing. She's awesome. She's an awesome human, you, you know? And that's what, and, and I've been very blessed that way. The people that we have come, come in contact with, the thing that I was able to, to find is that I was the first one to do personal fitness training and made it an occupation. There was no such thing as Train it to the stars. or And I went to people's homes because I've always believed you're the strongest you could be in your own environment. When you're in your own home, you're the king or queen of that castle. You don't have to worry about putting on the right makeup or the right scrunchie to match your eyes or whatever it might be, the leotard. Lindsay, I had no idea what was going to happen. And I had, once again, on my little answering machine, a message from a man named Ted Turner, who I had no idea who he was, didn't have cable yet just to give you an idea. Wow. And just because of that moment, I was training Hugh Hefner at, at the mansion, Hef, and at the time, Barbie Benton. Oh, and wow, yeah. Going to the mansion was really kind of cool. And I had asked Hef, I said, you, do you know this guy, Ted Turner? And he said, absolutely. Whatever he wants you to do, you do it. Ironically, Ted Turner, didn't he eventually marry Jane Fonda? He sure did. So it's all connected in some way to back to 80s fitness. All connected. But it was one of those crazy moments where I had this idea to do this because people now people I was training were casting me in TV shows and movies. And mm-hmm. I didn't he wanted me to do 
a family fitness show on cable news network to make his news network more family friendly. And I thought, I don't want to become Jake LaLanne, you know, but wait a second. What if he paid me to do a commercial promoting myself? Remember, the 80s was that me decade. I'm going to promote me. And I asked Hef, I said, can I use some of the models? And he said, absolutely. And I asked Spielberg, can we shoot? Uh, I had this idea to do a 60-second fitness break by Jake. You asked Spielberg? Spielberg directed it? No, no. I asked Spielberg to use his house, Broad Beach. He said, no problem. And we shot 200 one-minute vignettes in three days. With We rotated in the Playmates. It was crazy. It was, hey, hey, gang, I'm Jacob Body by Jake, and here's your fitness tip of the day. Today, we're going to work the old Battissimo. And I always came up with names for body parts, nicknames. Abadabas for abs, Bymans, Trimans, right? And it stuck. And the cool thing was these fitness breaks ran four times an hour on cable news network every day. And then like eight or nine times an hour around the world because Ted Turner's cable news network wasn't evolved yet. So he was promoting me globally before I even knew it. It was that snowballing effect of the world that you be, which you make them believe you are. And in that moment of the 80s being the 80s, I don't think I could ever have done what i done, what I did in the 80s today. Obviously, I feel a lot of things you did actually paved the way for the 80s. It was a very special time. And so that brings us to 1984 when you, like I said, had your own pop career. You have an album out. It was came out in 1984. It's been out of print or out of circulation forever. I do want to say some of the people that were on it because Bobby Caldwell was on it. Joseph Williams from Toto, who I believe was also Simba in The Lion King, is on yep. this. Michael Zambella was on it. Believe you me, we Maybe. will be talking about Flashdance coming up in this podcast because when we get into all of the things flash dance was so influential on fashion with everybody wanting to dance and obviously he did maniac yeah i'll tell you a story so my first exercise video gonna do it in 1983 with mca home video at that time and you kind of hit on it there were a number of exercise albums tower records right there was an exercise bin jane fonda jane kennedy victoria principal mm -hmm had these exercise albums. And if you remember them, it was Jane or Victoria counting on the album. And it was some background kind of music. I thought to myself, look, music to me is emotion. Exercise is boring. And yet we really boiled down to it, exercise is boring. But if you have the right kind of music, man, you can work out all day long, emotionally, music, makes you who you are, right? And I thought, what if I was able to do, I met a great woman named Kathy Nelson. You might know the name. She did the first soundtrack to Flashdance and Footloose. She was the architect of this soundtrack era. Because of Steven Spielberg, who I call Wheels, I trained him. At the time, his girlfriend had a publishing company called Unicity Music at MCA Music with a great guy named Ronnie Vance. His big brother was in Jay and the Americans. And these guys had this publishing company. And I sat with them and I said, what if I did the first original soundtrack 
to an exercise video. Because remember, all the people I'm hanging around with now are all the big movie producers and directors, John Landis, Spielberg, all these guys. And I'm thinking, I'm hanging with them. I'm traveling with them. And I'm thinking exercise should be bigger. It shouldn't just be this little. It should be big on a grand scale. And I went to a guy named Irving Azoff, who was running oh, yeah. <laughs> records. Just a guy named Irving Azoff. Yeah, I think we've all heard of him. And, and I sat down with Irving and I pitched him the idea. And I said, I want to do the first original soundtrack to an exercise video. I want great music that you can work out to, dance to, do your housework to, bop in your car to, whatever it is. And I need your help because I need at least one artist that has a name. And then maybe we can break an artist on this album. And Irving thought it was a pretty good idea. So we came up with a guy named Bobby Caldwell, who you mentioned. had a big hit in the 70s called What You Won't Do For Love. Wrote a song called Don't Quit. And we shot a music video for MTV that was the old Charles Atlas, you know, back of the comic book, skinny guy getting sand kicked in his face, gets his girlfriend taken away from him, and then he works out and he gets his girlfriend. <laughs> and we shot that. and. The nerd was played by Priscilla Presley's boyfriend at the time. It was a guy named Mike Edwards, who was the number one male model in the world in 83. And one of my brothers played the bully. And the song Don't Quit, we shot uh, on Broad Beach. It looks, it's beautiful. Redigitized now. It's incredible. We started getting other artists. Did MTV play this video? We were in heavy rotation for two weeks. It was such a great moment. And the album filled out with, as you said, I mean, we had Michael Cimbello, who did Maniac, did a song for us called Pump It Up. And the album is not a workout album. It's eight great cuts of music to dance to, hang out with, to work out to. There's a lot of grunting on it, I have to say. Like the kind of grunting people would make when they're lifting weights or whatever. Well, here's the thing. Or doing other things. Well, no, well, see, it's up to you. You have to, you have to listen to the album. We made this record. Andre Fisher, the great Andre Fisher, was in a band called Rufus, uh, was one of the producers. Oh, wow. I mean, we had incredible artists. Joseph Williams, I got to from Steven Spielberg, his dad, John. I was telling these guys what I was doing. And he had said, you know, my son's an artist and this. And I said, well, if he wants to do a couple of cuts, there's no problem. And Joseph did two cuts on our album, Don't Quit, and then became the lead singer for Toto. Wow. Now, didn't you do a song with Glenn Fry at some point? Yes, I did, as a matter of fact. And Glenn became a great friend and a client of ours. He had heard that I did an album. And uh, he said, you never asked me, Jake. And I said, well, geez, Glenn, you know. My Body by Jake show was in first-run syndication, and then I moved to ESPN in the late 80s. And he said, if you ever need something, let me know. And I said, what about if we did a theme song for the new Body by Jake show? He says, great. And we co-wrote this song called Don't Quit. Again, I think what Glenn did rivals The Heat Is On any day of the week. Whoa, okay. I'm, I'm just telling you, and we're going to... We have a surprise release that we're going to be going to release this pretty soon. But it's honestly been so awesome, Lindsay, getting to know those artists when I did at that moment in time. But here's what happened, right? Not everything works out. So we did a dance mix for Don't Quit that played in all the discos, all the dance clubs, got to number 56 in the dance charts. I put my own face on the album cover, which I thought was going to be a cool thing. And... uh as I said, when I started, 
there was a fitness bin at Tower Records where the exercise albums went. So instead of putting my record in the soundtrack bin, they put it in the exercise bin. So it was okay. But I've had a label called Body by Jake Music for the last 12 years on Universal Music. We do all these playlists and things, 80s, all 80s stuff. You got to check it out. It's it's sick. It's great. And they said, Jake, listen, uh, and this was about eight or nine months ago, Beyonce and Drake are dropping 80s dance records. We're going to re-release Don't Quit. And I said, oh, my gosh. It, it's been, we've done so much great press. It's been so much fun talking to people about the 80s. I mean, everywhere from, is it L.A., New York? I went to London to do some press. And uh, it's been incredible. And to see how the 80s really does resonate. My kids love the music of the 80s, love everything about what it represented and are products of it. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the music of the 80s, because obviously, the, you know, as you say, music was a soundtrack of our lives. It was a soundtrack of our workouts. It's interesting because cable TV has come up so much and you are at the forefront of CNN. You mentioned MTV, you mentioned ESPN. So, you know, music, big part of the fitness craze. I think we have to talk about the song that actually was the number one song of 1981, which was the year that MTV debuted. And that's Physical by Olivia Newton John and the yeah. kind of cheeky video, which I don't think is totally aged that well. It's a bit fat shaming and it's a little bit poking fun of gay people, but you know, it was a product of its time, but physical by Olivia Newton John, you know, obviously it was about working out. The video was about working out and it also kind of changed Olivia Newton John's career a bit because it kind of rebranded her as this sexy woman when before she'd been Sandy from Greece. So like, was that a big song for you back in the day when you were training clients? I, I just think listening to it, I mean, anything that had to do with physical or Blondie Call Me or, you know, any of that stuff, you know, I was driving around and I'm just, I'm going to just say it because you can find it. I had saved up and I had got a black on black Mercedes Benz, right? Because when I, it, it, with my Camaro, uh, when I pulled up to clients' homes, you know, I'd park outside the gates. And I, you know, it took me a minute or two. And I said, all right, my car payment was more than my apartment payment. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to get this black on black 450 SL Mercedes, right? Two door. And I pulled up to Priscilla's house and the gates opened up. And it was like, you know, you listen to physical or I'd listen to, Call me or, or all those those kinds of songs, and yeah. it, it it just it pumped me up, man. I I was always well, I'm always pumped up, but it was the beginning of my pumped upness. I will say that if I'm you know since we're sort of just talking about songs we dug that like pumped us up, I will say that my favorite '80s song overall to work out to it's kind of a it just came up randomly like on a playlist, and I started jogging a lot faster on the treadmill. Hit that perfect beat by Bronski B. And it's not even Jimmy Somerville era Bronski B. It's a second album, but oh my God, that will pump you up. Anything by New Order, anything by Giorgio Moroder, and oh, then anything by, anything by Early Madonna. And yeah, Giorgio Moroder, we got to talk about because he was involved with Flashdance. But anything by Early Madonna, the first, like the first album by Madonna particularly, but also like, I would say any of her dancey stuff, if we're even, it's not an 80s album, Confessions on a Dance Floor, but certainly an 80s inspired album. And then sometimes like really screechy, aggressive but tuneful metal like 
If you're on the treadmill and run to the hills by Iron Man comes up, you're going to run to the hills. Welcome <laughs> to the jungle by Guns N' Roses. When Absolutely. The, Judas Priest, you know, living after midnight, another well, thing coming. Ozzy Osbourne, too. I mean, Ozzy. Yeah. Ozzy, Ozzy Crazy Train. Great. Yeah, Crazy so Train. All of that great. stuff. But, you know, let's talk about Flashdance. Michael Cimbello was on Don't Quit. I just mentioned Georgia Marauder. Flashdance made every little girl want to take dance lessons, made every little girl want to cut off. You know, I was talking about the fashions earlier, want to cut the neck off their sweatshirt, flash dance. And then, you know, you mentioned Footloose before. There were a lot of dance movies in the 80s, you know, staying alive with John Travolta. We haven't even talked about Perfect yet, but like, you know, Satan's Alley, like everybody wanted to dance. Everyone wanted to dance for fitness, dress like a dancer. Everyone was like, a, as you mentioned, like I'm wearing right now, everyone was wearing leotards. People were wear. I lived in. Los Angeles growing up, and I was wearing leg warmers. My legs weren't cold. I didn't need <laughs> leg warmers. It was in summertime. I'm wearing leg warmers to go out. Like, Flashdance was so influential. And uh, Maniac, obviously, is was a, by Michael Zambello, was a really iconic song because it's in that dancing scene when she's, like, right. slapping her legs. And uh, so, like, yeah, was that a big movie for you? Or, like, do you have any thoughts about the fact that dance became such a big part of 80s? Well, I mean, if if you look at the dance, how it all kind of worked into you look at Jane Fonda and those workouts that she was able to translate from the flash dances, right, and all that stuff that it to make it what high impact aerobics became. Well, how do you feel she? You know, yeah, we haven't even we've alluded a little bit to this, but we definitely need to talk about, you know, like everything was coming together. The Walkman was coming out. Cable was coming out. It was that sweet spot of the cassette world when people had were working out with their Walkmans. And so Generation X, people who grew up in the 80s, we're like the first people who were able to take our music while we went to work out the gym or jog. We could put a tape of Body by Jake's Don't Quit or any other, you know, soundtrack, the Flashdance soundtrack, whatever we were listening to. And we could work out to it out at the right. park or whatever. And of course people had VCRs and could start working out home. Yeah. But Jane Fonda, I mean, talk about a trailblazer. How did she legitimize all this? Because she was already a very established Oscar winning actress from a dynasty of the Fonda right. dynasty. And she is making workout versus she's working out in a leotard and i mean it could have actually i'm sure there were people advising her that it was not a good career move but not only was it a good career move it kind of started a whole other dynasty oh my gosh and 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 she by the way is outstanding i i've known jane for almost 45 years she has always been as i said look i've been very blessed the people i've come around with but uh jane because of the power that she had in, in film and the segue that she made into fitness uh, and how she looks and how she eats and what she does and she lives it and she was able to crush it. I mean, you know, you look at you, you look at Jane, you look at Richard Simmons. Yeah. What Richard Simmons stories do you have? Because I was about to ask you about him because I feel he and, you know, I know a lot of people are speculating about how he's doing now, but he was really important because I think he really popularized the idea that exercise could be for anyone. It could be for someone who was yes. older, who wasn't in great health, who was very overweight and intimidated by the idea of starting to exercise. He was very likable and he was very empathetic. He was incredible. He really was. And he's an awesome guy. Richard was passionate and very funny. I mean, we always had a great relationship. I'll give you a great moment. When everybody was putting all these themed restaurants together, I had this idea 
that I wanted to get all the fitness people together and create something called Eden, like the Garden of, right? And I had a deal that we were going to be able to put Eden at Universal Studio, at Universal City, when the brand new Universal City was being built. There's relationships that I had, right? And they were looking in Florida and this and that. And I here's who I put together. Me, Jane Fonda, Jack LaLanne, Kathy Smith, Tammy Lee Webb, and Richard. And this Richard. is the Mount Rushmore of Asian This is the Mount Rushmore, right. And, and we would meet with this Mount Rushmore of fitness people. And when I called Jane, Jane, as you alluded to early on, had married Ted Turner. And, and Jane said, Jake, respectfully, um, I'd love to be involved, but I can't be involved right now. And I said, great. So it was me, Richard, Jacqueline, Tammy Lee Webb, and Kathy Smith. What happened? Where is this Eden? I want to visit. And so everything looked great. Now, Richard is an incredible businessman. We were all set to go. The guys, the original owners of Gladstones, and you're familiar, you're an L.A. girl. Yeah, seafood, big seafood but, restaurant. Right, was going to back the thing. We were ready to go. And I said at this one meeting, I have an idea, guys. In the foyer, when everyone is waiting to be seated, right, let's have each of our videos. Like we'll have maybe some of my product. And Richard loves some of your stuff. And everybody nodded. And I got a sense that, uh-oh, I must have said something weird. And when I left the meeting, I was getting calls and everyone says, well, I, you know, and I won't name names on this one. I'm not going to be, I don't want my video next to this one. I don't want my video next to that one. Thankfully, it was the best thing we never did. It was the most press we had, I had ever gotten at that point of my career. Eden needs to happen. Right, don't Get you think? Get Richard Simmons to come out of hiding and do this. It's time. And and he, I just, just want to say something about Richard. He was, uh, and he is, uh, a sweet, sweet guy, extremely caring human. And that's what, listen, I have to say that about each of the people that I've come across in our industry in the 80s, in the beginning, whether it was Jane and, you know, Richard, uh, even Billy Blanks, really good dude, man, who did Tai Bo. Well, the thing is, a lot of these people, like all these people you mentioned, Jane Fonda obviously was already famous for doing other things. There were a lot of like superstar fitness people like Tammy Lee Webb. But then a lot of people follow Jane Fonda's lead just by Googling. I have a list of some of famous people who are famous for other things, for music or acting or whatever. You know how like in the 70s, like everybody seemed to get their own variety show? In the 80s, it would seem like everybody got their own fitness tape. So here are some of the people. Yep. Alyssa Milano, team steam, gotta <laughs> let it out, gotta <laughs> let it out. Corey Haim apparently was in that. I think he was her boyfriend at the time. Uh, but Teen Steam by Alyssa Milano was a big one. Paul Abdul had one, which was right. dance-oriented, like, right. you know, because like I said, dance was such a big And Paul was good. I love Paula Abdul. I want to have her. I want Paula Abdul to be on this show. Paula, if you're listening, come on. Jane Kennedy. There were a lot of like older people who were doing maybe sort of following Richard Simmons lead a lot of like, you know, workouts for people who maybe didn't feel like a high impact thing was for them. Angela Lansbury, Milton Berle, apparently, Zsa Gabor, Regis Philbin, and Estelle Getty all had ones. Fabio, of course, had one. Heather Locklear had one. Latoya Jackson, Tracy Lords. That might have been more 90s by the time. Chuck Norris, Mary Tyler Moore, Sally Struthers. And then, of course, you know, big 80s, late 70s sitcom star. We can't not talk about Suzanne Summers and her thigh master. 
and she's dynamite. I spent a lot of time with her on Home Shopping Network for many, many, many years, and she's delightful. And her husband, Alan, delightful. I was at my parents' house in Tarzana. We were talking about how we have both have ties to Tarzana uh, before this podcast started. Your mom and my mom were neighbors. And she used to brag about you all the time, your mom. Is that crazy? It's really crazy. I remember my mom talking about you when our mutual moms would run into each other, like literally living a block apart. And, you know, your mom would be (laughs) bragging about all these things we're talking about now, 40 years later, all these achievements you had. But when I was in Tarzana for Thanksgiving, my parents still have a thigh master. It was just like lying around their living room. They like use it while they watch TV. So I tried it. I hadn't tried one in a while. They are hard. They are not easy to do. You know, I think my parents who had it at the top resistance, but that was a big fitness trend. That was Suzanne Summer selling them on yep. Home Shopping Network. So everyone had their own fitness video. I'm sure I'm leaving some out, maybe, but like a lot of celebrities, again, like I was saying a few minutes ago, maybe legitimized by people like an Oscar winning A-list actress by Jane Fonda, who had started a whole second huge career, maybe honestly a career that earned her more money than acting. Yeah, but I'll tell you something that was really interesting. It's like we talked a bit about the cable industry, right? I mean, I was there in the beginning, in the earliest stages of the cable industry. And here in Hollywood, everybody looked down upon cable. It's like, that means you're you're not on broadcast television. And there was no such thing as satellite television, right? But, it, oh, cable, cable, really? It was this, it was this brand new moment in time where it's like we said about the 80s was about me, was that me decade. And I believe, and all the folks who are listening now could tell me differently, but that decade, I can tell you right now, made me. It made a lot of us. There's one other movie, though. You know, we're talking about the me decade, but I mentioned a while ago that like health clubs kind of became the new single scene. Yeah, we got. I mentioned, you know, Satan's Alley and Staying Alive and John Travolta, but there was Perfect, which was the a movie specifically about this scene. I don't think it was that big a hit, but it was supposed to basically do for the '80s fitness craze what John Travolta's Saturday Night Fever had done for disco in the '70s, right. or Urban Cowboy had done for like the honky tonk line dance scene in like 1980. It didn't quite do that. It's kind of more of a cult, razzy cult classic. Yeah. It's, like, it's like that holiday hell spa. It's, it was holiday like a- hell spa. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I totally remember that. That's a valley reference. But like, is that something you wit that movie? I don't know if you have any thoughts about the movie, but is that something you witnessed where like basically people stop going to singles bars, stop going to the Regal Beagle type bars, and we're going to holiday hell spa? With other intentions besides uh, they wanted to get something else, if you know what I mean. That's what it was. I mean, it it was a great pickup spot. The movie Perfect did it perfectly. It's exactly what that whole world looked like. So we've covered a lot of stuff about music and, and musical films of the 80s that were about fitness and other trends about fitness. And, of course, how you were at the forefront of all that. I do want to talk about, I want your opinion as an expert who's tried and done all these trends about what were the good and healthy fitness trends of that decade and what needs to stay in the 80s. Because if you do them now, your knees would probably turn to chalk. Because <laughs> like you mentioned, there was a lot of high impact stuff then. Jazzercise, aerobics yeah. classes, step classes, which also was a big thing in the 90s. Jogging and running were a big thing. I do not to get too dark, whatever, but it seems like the 80s were a bit about excess and that included exercise. Cause like 
I remember Jim Fix very, you know, he wrote this book called Running, The Art of Running. Right. And he kind of was a big part of starting this craze that jogging or running is something you did for exercise. And then he died while running of a heart attack at age 52 during his daily run, which was a bit, you know, ironic and weird, but also not to sound too glib or whatever. But maybe the most 80s death ever was Patrick Nagel, my favorite artist. I actually own some of his art. A lot of people listening would maybe know him best for his Rio album cover for Duran Duran. He died at age 38 after participating in an aerobathon for the stars. It was like for charity, like a celebrity aerobathon. He had a heart attack after that. I'm not saying it's funny, but I'm like, these are excessive 80s things. I think like, because you said, you know, it was a decade of everybody just going for it. I think maybe some of the exercise trends of that era, I think we've maybe learned since then, you know, maybe weren't the healthiest way to go about things. I think you hit it on the head. Obviously, yes, the 80s were about excess. Fitness, very brand new, right? So we were driving even the stuff that I did early on, you, you, you know, the speed of which I was doing those exercises mm-hmm. were probably not the best thing to do, right? High impact aerobics, you know, uh, all that stuff like that, the jarring of your knees and your ankles and your backs, right? For all those years, things evolve. But you look today where kettlebells uh, and, or you know, that big swinging stuff is i don't think very good for you deep squats um deadlifting and things like that but for sure the 80s it was the beginning you know everybody was finding their way i will say one thing though that wasn't that wasn't excessive though is that i do feel everybody looked natural then you were expected to get your buns of steel through hard work, not through a Brazilian butt lift or surgery or things like that. I'm sure there were unhealthy things going on. But, you know, when you talk about someone like Madonna training for a year to get that Papa Don't Preach physique, you know, you look at bodies now all over Instagram. Some of them look a little like you didn't get that way through exercise. You got that way through other means. And you're right. I think the 80s was that natural moment. It was that sort of natural high. I like that you use the word excess because that's the 80s, right? The 80s, the excess, right? It, it was a lot of excess. And as I'm thinking, you, and you talk, we talked about MTV, you know that I did, if it wasn't the first one, Alan Hunter could probably tell me the truth on this one. Uh, one of the first spring breaks, MTV spring breaks that I did, it was me, Booger, from- uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. And the Beastie Boys. Wait, what? What? No, 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 no. Listen, Lizzie, see, you're already you gotta be listening. I'm giving you waited up. this long to tell me you did a workout spring break with the Beastie Boys. This is it was like this. It, it was me, the Beastie Boys, and Booger. And I'll never forget this. It was raining. I don't know if it was Fort Lauderdale, it was one of the earliest ones. Curtis Armstrong, by the way, was Booger. Curtis Armstrong, right. And I remember. Because I was going to host, it was going to be the largest workout for this MTV generation on the beach. But it rained all weekend. So it was was raining and kids were jumping off out of rooms (laughs) into the pool. And Booger got on a stage and, you know, in in Revenge of the Nerds, he sticks his finger in his nose and the place went insane. I mean, I'll never forget those moments. And I hosted this workout, which turned out to be a disaster in this ballroom of it must have been 
a thousand kids and they reeked of alcohol and it, and it was just insane. Well, this sounds like my kind of workout. I'd be motivated to work out if I was like drinking with the Beastie Boys while working out. I would maybe maybe too excessive, of course. And MTV has been a big part of my early career, a big part of my early career. I mean, obviously, you made a lot of this magic happen for yourself, so I don't mean to discount any of your hard work or achievements, but you were very much in the right place at the right time with so many of these innovations in technology, in media, you know, you just kind of being take advantage of these opportunities, the stars kind of align. But do you see 40, you know, years later, four decades later, a lot of, I see a lot of this coming back. I will let you know that there's a like kind of outdoor movie driving place in Hollywood that last summer was having, because, you know, you know, this was actually summer of 21 when the pandemic was still, you know, I mean, not that it's not a concern now, but it was still very much a concern with people maybe not wanting to work out indoors or in in uh, health clubs or whatever. They were actually showing Jane Fonda videos on the drive-in screen to work out to with an instructor. They encouraged people to come dressed up in, you know, the 80s leotards, except there was AstroTurf on the ground to, wear, <laughs> you know, for a fake lawn. I've seen a lot of music videos that have referenced this kind of, aerobics like i'm just gonna name some of them dua lipa did a song that actually interpolated physical it's called let's get physical and it had that vibe there was call on me by eric prides a, a song kanye west put out a few years ago called fade that was very flash dance if you've seen shakira's girl like me she was all 80s out and that became it started like some tiktok dance trends trends uh bonnie mckee's bombastic I don't know if you saw a video that a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago at this point, Jennifer Lopez did for a song called I'm Glad. It was literally, you would have thought Adrian Lyne directed it. It was literally like shot by shot scenes from Flashdance. Like if you put <laughs> Jennifer Beals and Jennifer Lopez next to each other on a split screen, shot for shot is amazingly done. A lot of this stuff is coming back. I don't know if you've seen in the fitness industry coming back where people are like taking aerobic classes again. I kind of have seen a little bit of that. Hopefully they're doing it safely. I think it's more of the look, uh, more than the actual, I'll, I'll give you a little secret. There's only a finite amount of body parts, whether you're in the <laughs> 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, or whatever it might be. There's only a certain amount of ways you can work those body parts. Well, there's lots of different ways. I think what you're getting at with the 80s, I mean, look, that, that's that's what Universal said to me, Jake, we're going to re-release Don't Quit, because Beyonce and Drake dropped 80s records. Have you seen any like stuff on TikTok of this stuff kind of coming back, like 80s workout challenges or something? Because I mentioned that Shakira's Girl Like Me video, which is super 80s. She's like all lycra out. She's got like a big headband on. She looks like she looks pretty cool. She's got leg warmers on. I think that's a great idea, by the way. TikTok. I think I think that's a genius idea and it's yours. So you should do it. But I think it's a genius the idea. The don't quit challenge. That's the it. Don't quit the, challenge. Don't quit challenge. There you go. I'm giving you that idea for free. That's it. Don't there quit. It's it. I mean, it's just incredible. All of the stuff we're talking about, all the 80s fitness innovations that happened back then, how do you feel they reverberate? Because you're still in the industry now. You're still doing it. You didn't quit. You literally do not quit. That's it. I mean, you know, now today I'm I'm all of a lot about giving back. I put fitness centers in elementary and middle schools around this great country of ours. And uh, I think that's a super important thing and doing a lot of fun projects, some animated projects. It's been great doing a bunch of voiceover. We have some new fitness product that we're, we we have something very interesting that uh, going to be coming out pretty soon. So it's 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 been 
Super exciting. I can't believe it's been 40 some odd years. I'm so lucky that I part of my job was getting to talk with you and hearing all these amazing stories about this amazing time in pop culture and in fitness. I want to say I really did get a great mental workout from you today. And I'm very motivated to keep this leotard on and to do some exercises to like, don't quit because it's, it actually is a really great soundtrack. It does actually feel a lot of fun. And as you mentioned with stuff like, you know, Renaissance by Beyonce coming out or let's get physical by Dooley, but it does feel actually modern in its own way. 39 years later. So I want to thank you for everything. Special thanks to original trainer to the stars, exercise icon, Jake Steinfeld for this conversational workout. And I hope everyone else listening feels as motivated as I do for 2023. Thanks everybody for listening. Remember to give Totally 80s a rate and review on your favorite podcast platform. And I will catch you next time. I just want to say I had a ball. This is great. The 80s are awesome. You are awesome. Hey, if you want to continue to follow, you know, me at Official Body by Jake on Instagram and all those social media channels, come on, let's go. And remember, don't quit. This was Totally 80s, the podcast dedicated to the music of the greatest decade ever. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Totally 80s. And please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Until our next episode, catch you on the flip side. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.